The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, No, he will be called John. But they answered her, There is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs, asking his father what he wished him to be called. He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name. And all were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke, Blessing God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the desert until the day of his manifestation to Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. I am Monsignor Michael McGee, a professor at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Philadelphia. I've had the joy of teaching in the seminary uh, most of the recent priests ordained for the Diocese of Raleigh, some of them from this parish. And I hope that there might be someone here today who might be a future Um, or more than one future seminarian in Philadelphia. And I'm happy to be here today to come celebrate this Mass with Monsignor Ingham and be invited by him to preach on this most unusual feast day. Whenever something unusual happens in the church's calendar, it's telling us there's something important that can't be missed. And today, something unusual happens in our church calendar. St. John the Baptist is one of the few saints whose feast days we still celebrate even when it falls on a Sunday because he's so important for us, has such an important message that's so fundamental for our reception of the gospel. There's another unique thing, too, about him. We celebrate today the feast of his nativity, the day that he was born into this life. Now, usually in the calendar of saints, what we call that saint's birthday is their birth into heavenly Glory. It's most often the day that they passed from this life into heavenly glory that we celebrate as their feast day. But next to our Lord and our Blessed Mother, the only one whose birthday into this world we celebrate is St. John the Baptist. And just as the miraculous circumstances of his birth helped prepare the way for his illustrious life, his life helped prepare the way for the dawn of the world's salvation in the coming of our Lord and his passion, death, and resurrection. John the Baptist was sent by God before the coming of the Lord Jesus to prepare people's hearts for his coming. And if we give him so much emphasis in the liturgy today, it's because the work of preparing to receive God's gifts is such an important thing for us. Preparing to receive God's gifts doesn't mean that we have to earn those gifts. We could never earn the right 
to receive the gifts that God is, is so merciful to give us, beginning with the forgiveness of our sins. But preparing to receive those gifts means we need to clear out of our lives the clutter that would keep us from receiving the Lord with open hearts, open minds. John's name in Hebrew, Yohanan, means God is gracious. For some centuries, Israel had possessed and had been able to meditate on the law that God had given them through Moses. But it was easy to forget that the law was a gift of God, a gift to prepare, to transform people's hearts. It wasn't a way for them to earn salvation. Our salvation is not something we earn. It's about God's goodness in bringing us to salvation. But the first way that he gave that grace to his people was by this law that would transform their hearts. But it wasn't a cheap grace that John preached. When we listen to those passages of scripture that show us his preaching, sometimes they can even seem a bit harsh. We see him shouting at the Pharisees and Sadducees who were the religious leaders of the day. And we hear the most unexpected words. You brood of vipers, he said. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? People even went out to him, though he lived in the desert, far from comforts, fasting, and living on locusts and and wild honey. That kind of asceticism, that kind of preparation was necessary for the coming of Christ due to something that we all struggle with and a need that we still have today. And that is, we human beings have a habit of becoming attached to the wrong things, to our own comforts, to our own self-preservation, to the esteem of our fellow human beings, and taking joy in the wrong things, we clutter our hearts so that we're not ready to hear God's word when it's spoken to us. And because of that, preparing for the joy that God wants to give us through his gospel can sometimes be a painful process. He sometimes sends us trials that we have to suffer through, not because he's impatient, not because he wants to to punish us first and foremost, but because it's through hanging on to God's word through trials in this life that our wills become purified of those sinful attachments and ready to welcome our Savior. John the Baptist got the attention of his people, and he pointed them toward the coming of their Savior when he was willing to preach that God's word was coming to them. He preached it in spite of the cruelty of those who didn't want to hear it. He preached it in spite of the threats and eventually the execution that he was subjected to for speaking the truth. He's a reminder to us that the trials that God sends us are always preparations for the joy that he intends to bring us. As I mentioned, I'm from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. I remember the last time this feast occurred on a Sunday. It was just after our Archbishop had written to us in the midst of one of the most serious trials that our local church in Philadelphia had ever encountered. The sins of some Catholics, including the sins of some priests, was was being dragged through the news, and failures in church leadership were being charged, and whatever the guilt or the innocence of the individual people that were at issue, 
it did seem clear that there had been failures of the kind that have given the church's enemies ammunition to throw against us. And I remember so vividly that our Archbishop told us during that time this was something God was leading us through to purify us, to prepare us for something better. And, you know, in saying that, he was keeping alive the spirit of John the Baptist in the church today. Nowadays, John's message is as important as ever. So it's a blessing that we get to focus on it in this year in our, in our Sunday Mass. One of the most beautiful examples of Christian life that St. John the Baptist gives us is the fact that in his preaching, when he had people coming out into the desert to be baptized by him, and when some were even thinking that he himself might be the Savior, John said in no uncertain terms, I am not the Christ. He must increase, I must decrease. And then in that process, he gave us words that we still use in every Mass when the blessed host is held up in front of us. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You know, if we Christians ever try to make the world admire us, to praise us, then we lose the right to be called Christians because, as John the Baptist reminds us so eloquently, it's not ourselves that we're putting before the world. It's not ourselves that we're proclaiming. It's Jesus Christ the Lord as our Savior. It can seem like the end of the world. It can seem like the end of the church when we're unpopular, when problems are shouted in the media and are calculated to make us look bad, when even untrue things are said about us. But when all is said and done, all our travails and all our earthly failures have only prepared us to hear and to proclaim the message that John the Baptist preaches to us today. It's when the kingdom of man comes crashing down that we can hear anew that message that fills us with new life. The time has come and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. These difficult times for Christians that we're living through are actually a perfect time for us to hear again the word of John the Baptist, that salvation comes not from ourselves, who are are so prone to sin, so weak, but from the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's time for us, in fact, not only to listen to John the Baptist, but also to be the echo of his voice in the world today, to follow his example in pointing out not ourselves, but the Lord with his power and his mercy, and to do that in spite of every obstacle, including the threat of death itself. That is the noblest kind of life that human beings can live, the kind of life that led our Lord to say about John the Baptist, that he was, among those born of women, there had been none greater than him seems that in today's world, it's not always easy to point to a life that's been lived exactly as it should be. That's the value of this great man that the Lord puts before us today as a model of a life well lived. Because in a world where the truth seems less important to many people than getting their own way or defeating their opponents, 
where people would rather seem good than be good, where people would look out for themselves to the detriment of others, even those who depend on them, where few people seem to follow through on their good intentions when things get rough. We have today before us a model of a life well lived that can be summed up in just a couple of, of just about four different points. He always told the truth no matter what it cost him. He never claimed to be someone he was not. He pointed not to himself, but to the Savior, to the one who was greater than himself. And he was conscious of his mission, and he fulfilled it. The Lord wants us in those points not just to admire him, but to go and do likewise. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by your Son, rejoicing in the gift of John the Baptist, trusting in your mercy. For the church throughout the world, her members will always have the spirit of John the Baptist, the spirit of zeal, the spirit of prophecy, especially the church persecuted. We pray to the Lord. For our three new priests who were ordained yesterday, they may all continue to grow in the grace of that sacrament and be visible signs, prophetic signs of God's presence among his people, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, they may listen to the voice of John the Baptist, to the prophets among them, and the call to conversion, we pray to the Lord. For those who are sick and suffering, they may know that in their suffering they are united to the Lord and that they are prophetic. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life and for the prophets of life, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, and those young men and women who will hear the call of God to proclaim the kingdom of God, to prepare the world for the coming of the Lord. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, for the American hierarchy, they will respond to the grace of their orders to be prophets in our world, especially in difficult times and in difficult matters, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, who having listened to the prophetic voice of the church in our midst, we may then proclaim what we have heard and experienced. We pray to the Lord. Lord we now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Prophets as we sing. Amen. 